Welcome to Cybercast. Welcome to Cybercast 054. And we have entered the new year. It's 2016. And my usual crew, Dick. How's it going, folks? Ty. What's up, everybody? And Tosh. Hello, everybody. Yes, guys, we've entered 2016, and let's see, have you guys done any resolutions for this year? Ty, what was that? Um, for this year? Yeah. Well, the, the year is still young, of course. We're in day three, right? Right. So I haven't done anything just yet. But I have, did you resolved, for, have you resolved to do anything this year? Um, I did sign up for a Facebook page. And it's 366 days of being fit. Oh. So you're going to do like a, a post every day about fitness? Uh, I'm not going to post every day about fitness, but the page is going to give like tips and tricks and whatnot. But these couple of three days, I haven't seen anything yet. So, yeah. Wait, wait. So but, you, 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 you created a page, right? No, 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 no. Oh. I didn't create the page. The page got created by somebody. I don't oh, know. oh, so you joined the page. Yeah, exactly. Okay, okay. I got gotcha. you. But it's not active. Nobody's doing anything on it? Um, no, I haven't seen any posts yet. So. Why don't you be the first? Then? I, yeah, exactly. You you, you be the, the uh, you know. the. the yeah, don't you have like a blog post lined up for your site? You can post in there. <laughs> yeah. As a sort of what site? You got a blog post coming up? <laughs> no, I've been talking about creating a website for like uh, how long now? <laughs> <laughs> and I still want to do it, but it it takes so much time, you know. And if I want to, if I'm gonna do it, I want to do it right, and I want to get uh, content out on a regular basis, and not be like um, just like a couple of days and then everything stops oh. I mean, you know it's funny though like usually at the beginning of a year usually this is a good time to start something new like this uh, you don't agree is it yeah because you know so you basically say okay i'm gonna do this and you just line up and do it for the year is that how you do it, clay when you start something new yeah usually i don't i mean the, usually when you over plan it it's when when you you're like okay Don't fine yeah i'll do it next year i i'm ready now for next year's you know it's analysis paralysis exactly or no well said or or what dick nothing <laughs> okay um yeah sometimes you know like okay so you know if you say to yourself i'm going to do something every day and you say it at the beginning of the year if you started that first day you will at least do it for the, I don't know, the first month, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> That's usually how it goes, right? I mean, don't 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 they say that gym memberships are like the the biggest uh, spikes in Jan January? Yeah, you yeah. see, you see all yeah. kinds of commercials for them, uh, right? Day one popping up, exactly. Um, so you know, I I you know, if you if I, I would say. Uh, just do it yourself and say, you know, day 
four is the day I will post on that Facebook page. <laughs> day four it is, then. So you're doing that tomorrow, then? Yes, sir. Very good. Any other resolutions? Um, no, just uh, being fit and healthy. And maybe, maybe, just maybe, finally do that CS50. Okay, very cool. Oh, oh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I want to do it, too. I'm actually, I'm actually going to be doing something similar as well. You're going to do Swift, probably. Of course. <laughs> mm. All right. Especially now that yeah. it's open source. Do they have classes for programmers by the end of the year? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they they have a few classes. Hmm. Yeah, so I'm I'm definitely gonna jump on that. But let's go, Dick. What's your resolution? Um, they're all very small, minor things. But I don't have resolutions for the whole year. I have resolutions for the first 21 days. Mm, Okay. Why is it 21 days? Well, who knows why it's 21 days? <laughs> Anybody? Uh, they say it takes 21 days to form a habit, so. Oh, is it? Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, I okay. didn't know that. Three weeks. Oh, okay. Some say 28. Um, but yeah, uh, I've heard 21 days to form a habit. And one of the things I'm doing is uh, waking up early every day. Now, the thing is, I was inspired by this guy. I don't know if you saw his TED talk. Um, he was real nervous when he did it, but he got a lot of buzz on the internet for um, waking up at 4.30 for 21 days. Mm. And he tweeted it. So I think the hashtag is still going. I think it's 21 early days. So he's got a lot, a, a lot of buzz. Mm-hmm. And he had his own TED talk about it and how it changed so many things in his, uh, just in his daily life by waking up at 4.30. For those well, what's the benefit of waking up at 4.30? Um, I, I think what he, what he was saying is that he got a lot more things done, uh, but he only applied it to work days. So let's say he, he even went, started going to work earlier, avoiding traffic. I think he left work earlier, avoiding traffic. Um, but it, it just seems like it days a lot longer because, and, and he had to kind of cut himself off at the end of the day and tell himself when to sleep. Because you know, let's say he did wake up at 430 every day. You might still want to stay up till midnight. If you don't tell yourself go to sleep, mm-hmm. right? So waking up early just gives you more hours instead of, you know, not everybody's gonna wake up early and just uh, automatically go to sleep earlier. But anyway, um, I'm doing mine at five o'clock, and I didn't realize that he only did it for work days. I started mine on on the first, so that was on Saturday, mm-hmm. and I did it yes. Uh, what on the first was what Friday? Yeah, Friday. First was Friday. So I did it Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and today so far. So I'm going to try to do it every day, but I'm not going to be so hard on myself on the weekends. Um, it's going to be definitely mm. more about the work days. Oh, okay. Very cool. I got to uh, tell you one thing, though, Dick. Mm-hmm. Um, don't try to sleep in too much because that's going to really screw up your um, biological rhythm then. What do, mean, what do you mean don't sleep in too much? So, like, uh, during the weekdays, you get up at 5, right? Uh-huh. In the weekends, you want to sleep in a little bit, but don't get up at oh, yeah, like yeah. nine o'clock, but get up at like seven, like two to three hours max. Mm. Yeah, I know I could throw it off. I, what I think I might still do, what I've done for the weekend is wake up at five and I, 
and I make myself stay up for two hours doing something, whether it's reading, because I have to read an hour every day too. So that's one of my uh, 21, my goals for the 20, first 21 days to read an hour every day. I might change it to 30 minutes to an hour. I mean, I get, I get a lot of reading done in 30 minutes. So if I'm going to do it every day, it might not need to be that long. Um, and also upon waking, I drink a, a jug of water, 64 ounces. Okay. Cold or warm? Cold. Okay. Um, I got that from, from Tim Ferriss's book. I'll right. probably pull some more things out of there. Right. That's why you asked if it was cold or hot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> do you do the cold showers? Uh, I tried it. It's, it's not bad, but, uh, yeah, I, I stopped doing them, but yeah, I did do them. Okay. I used to do them too for, for a little while, but, um, I stopped as well. Right. So uh, what, what is the idea behind that? Um, just cold exposure. They said it has, I forgot what all the benefits like it kicks, were. It kickstarts your metabolism. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I get it. And then, and then the cold shower, it's like to, it's basically to wake you up, you know, to really wake you up and it felt good. It felt refreshing. I don't yeah. know if I would do it in Amsterdam at this time of the year, but yeah. Uh, I definitely would not. It's <laughs> <laughs> um, a one-way ticket to hypothermia. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Pneumonia. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then I'm going to work out every day. Okay, every day. Wow, okay. But wow. working out doesn't have to be in the gym every day. I'm, I'm going to take jiu-jitsu. <clears throat> I'm signing up for jiu-jitsu class. Oh, okay. First uh, time? Uh when I had this jiu-jitsu in Korea. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's what you did. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I, I actually got a medal in my first tournament. But um, I, I have put it off, and I started looking at gyms again, visiting them. And I'll pick one. <clears throat> I wanted to pick one before the new year, but a lot of them said it's best if I come check them out once the new year starts because they had a holiday schedule. So oh, not okay. a lot of people were there. So the ones I wanted to visit, they said it's just best to come starting the 4th. So I'll go look at some more this week mm. and finally pick one. Um, so that includes jujitsu, gym, uh, and I also have a, I also signed up for salsa class, which oh. is once a week. Oh, my dude. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. That's a busy schedule. Yeah. yeah. It is a busy schedule. And I got one more. I already took uh, my first piano class, uh, yesterday. Well, really? Wow. wow. So I got, I'm, I'm doing piano class. So you put Wait, what'd me, you play? You're putting me to shame. <laughs> play hot cross <laughs> buns and, uh. Well, Mary had a little lamb or something. It was, it was very basic so far. Just uh, some timeless songs. Well, the first class is free, right? So you get to check out the teacher. And then if you don't, she let she did her first class free, where she kind of went over how she teaches, the book she uses. And then you play a couple of songs. And then she makes your next appointment if you want to stick with her. And um, there's another one closer to where I live that I might check out this week. And then if I don't like it, I'll still have my appointment with her. Right? Or if I like this one better, I'll cancel with her. Um, All right, so you keep good. your options open. Yeah, because for me, I'm big on location. If it's something that I don't not necessarily have to do, it needs to be closer to where I live, so there's less excuses for me not to get there. You know, it's like, oh, it's already too late. I'm not gonna make it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> those things kind of creep up, especially when they're on weekdays and it's related to work. Like, oh man, I'm not gonna make it across town. If it's close to where I work and stay, it's more likely that I'll go and continue. So mm. even, if, even if it costs more, she's the, she was the cheapest, but also based on experience. She taught for th- 35 years. You know, she's, uh, she's got some awards, but she teaches out of her house now. She retired. Mm. Okay. She a classical pianist or jazz or what? 
Uh, actually, I, I didn't ask her about her. Her, she doesn't have a grand piano. I'll tell you that. Uh, well, that doesn't say much. But, but um, yeah, I, I don't know what 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 kind of. But she she taught for thirty five years, so uh, I think mm-hmm. mostly in schools. Okay. And uh, so those are the things I want to do, and I only have two restrictions that I'm put on myself for that period, which is. No eating out, and then only uh, out in restaurants. Yes, <laughs> glad, glad you clarified. Uh, <laughs> Important distinction. And and no booze. Oh, okay. You're you're following my diet. Uh, yeah. I'm also going to be restricting my meat. Even though I didn't I didn't put that restriction on here, but I already started oh, okay. restricting my my meat intake. Mm. Cool. So yeah, I want a different approach. Usually it's like things, you know, I don't want to do like, don't eat this, don't do that. But mm-hmm. today, this year I was like things I'm just going to do for 21 days. And yeah, they often say, time. they often say that if you do the, the, the positive route, it actually is really good, right? I mean, instead of saying don't say do and then try to find the things that you will do. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So Dick, one question. So you're going to do this for 21 days. Yeah. After those 21 days. What's gonna happen? We will see if it became habit, if mm-hmm. I continue doing it, or if it becomes like uh, a celebration that's over. So, <laughs> if, it's cele- if it's a celebration that's over, that means that thing probably wouldn't last anyways. You know, yeah. at least I did it for twenty-one days. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, what I'm hoping will happen is that I get the formal schedule that I can maintain and do all these things. Not everything has to stick. That's why it's so long. But if a number of them stick, at least you're doing more positive things this year than you did, you know, last year. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Nah, I wonder how salsa class is gonna be for you, man. <laughs> it's a boot camp class. Oh, um, uh, okay. It was actually a gift to me from a lady, but uh, oh, okay. I've asked for it, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yep, there it is. So right. We now have so. two dancing people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. And you can have another musician, possibly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah indeed. Yeah, you'll be like a renaissance man. <laughs> <laughs> now, you know what I, what I really want to be able to do is like, let's say an event somewhere or a party and there's a grand piano there. I just want to get up, go start playing. Mm. Well, when, when, you, when you come to the when you come to Amsterdam or to the mm-hmm. Netherlands, you, you, uh, train station, you have all sorts of you know, spots where they put pianos. Oh, really? Where yeah, they do. Play. Okay. Except for Rotterdam, for some weird reason. Yeah, but Utrecht station and Amsterdam Central. Yeah, draw pianos. So I guess Dick will be getting on there playing and then taking someone home. Is that what you said, Dick? <laughs> It depends. <laughs> I mean, I'm coming there in March, hopefully. So that's, I don't know how much I'll learn by then. <laughs> but we'll see. All right, cool. Oh, yeah, I am going to buy a keyboard as well. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. I have one of those. <laughs> how many keys? I'm going to get a 77. Uh, I don't even remember. Um, no. I don't think it's 77. Is it? Is it Ty? I mean, yeah, uh, Tosh. I don't remember either. I don't remember. It's in the other room. Okay. All right, cool. Now, Tosh, your resolution for the 2016th? 
Well, well disclaimer, I'm, I'm not a big fan of resolutions. Mm-hmm. Well, especially yeah. New Year's resolutions. Mm-hmm. Like the, the, the turn of the year is sort of arbitrary uh, point in time to start assessing your life, I think. Mm-hmm. Yes. I think that's something that should happen more frequently and regardless of, of the particular time of the year. Mm-hmm. And that's why mm-hmm. Dick's 21 days is actually pretty good, actually, if you keep doing it every 21 days. True. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that's a much more useful approach to uh, taking up new things or trying out new things. Um, and also, I think when, when you have like goals in mind, maybe to learn how to play an instrument or learn a new skill or take a course or whatever, just at the time that you're most enthusiastic about, just go and do it. Don't wait for some arbitrary point in time to, to, to pick yeah. it up. Preach, preach preach <laughs> but since you asked um i do have some general things that i want to get done this year um well one thing that i just recently thought of is i wanted to make more stuff more music for myself mm, okay like i'm part of a group and i'm i produce together with uh with max but i yeah I, i'm not necessarily sure in which direction but i, I want to try out some more stuff for myself just you know fill around with Love. production um, I guess put him put him some more practice hours uh, with the guitar, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Okay. And otherwise, yeah, uh, it's the regular stuff. Uh, you know, eating healthy, exercising. Uh, I guess reading is something that I, I should consider as well because I I haven't been reading much in the in the past couple of years. Mm. Um. And I have some pretty good books in in sitting in my uh, in my on my shelf that I, I still have to get around to. But uh, yeah, maybe starting with maybe half an hour or an hour a day that makes sense. Yep. Well, maybe, probably not an hour. I don't have that much time. Today, <laughs> do you sit on the train at at any point? I do, but usually I'm I'm reading like school material then. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I'm starting my internship this this spring, so I'll probably then I'll have more time outside of you know work hours to to do other stuff. Right, right. Can I ask what kind of internship? Um, yeah, sure. I'm I'm doing research uh, on uh, the combination of social media and e-learning. Oh. That's interesting. Interesting. Send me some stuff you found out. Sure. They're gonna get published. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm not I'm not sure. It it depends. Hmm. Okay. Cool. Uh, yeah. So that so that's basically that. Okay. All right. Cool. So, what about you, Clay? Okay, so for 2016, uh, I actually didn't actually do a true resolution until we mentioned that we will talk about resolutions on the show. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I usually don't do resolutions either. Um, but I did start a 366 project, taking a picture every day, posting it to Instagram and wow. to, Facebook, uh, to a Flickr. And actually, uh, Tumblr as well. The same picture, though. <laughs> it's all <laughs> same picture at three places. Um it's 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 tough. I, I I don't like being forced to do something like that every day. But I'm hoping to get out of this 
mode of I'm forced to do it and trying to trying to get in the habit of a camera is always with me and whether you know I have a bunch of film cameras and a bunch of digital cameras and I want to always just have one of those with me and it be natural for me to just to see something and take a picture of it rather than I walk out sometimes I don't have the camera with me but I do have the iPhone and so I do take the picture um but uh I'd rather just have one of my film cameras or my digital camera to 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 document it. Mm-hmm. So you're posting it every day? I'm posting every day, yeah. So basically the only pictures I can't post every day are my my film yeah. uh pictures, right? Um, but I do have instant cameras, and so those I am posting. So you know, once I do take those pictures, I, I post the instant picture. You mean like a Polaroid? Yeah, I have a few Polaroid cameras. Yeah, I have uh, like two lens cameras. Picture of it. On, you know, wait, what camera? Uh, it's a, a Polaroid two fifty lens camera. I have a, yeah. a, a huh. When your Polaroid picture comes out, what do you take a picture of that? Oh, with? so I take it with my iPhone, or I scan oh. it. Uh, if it's a picture that I want the background to be part of the image i just take it with my iphone like i'll hold a, a picture up or i'll t- i'll put it on the ground or put it somewhere that is interesting but if i want to just have the actual picture at a high resolution i scan it with my my epson scanner okay yeah yeah wait i have way too many instant cameras right now i mean i have like three uh old school polaroid you know like sx70 uh you know slr 680s and then i also have some older cameras, the Polaroid land cameras, like the two, you know, the ones that are like a, a bellows, they have bellows on them. You, you know what bellows? I'm talking about? Yeah, so you ba- it basically folds into a, a, a purse-shaped camera and then oh. a purse-shaped bag and then you open it up and you pull the bellow out. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, and that, that uses peel-apart film that uh, I either use expired film from Polaroid or I use Fuji's, you know, non-expired film. Are you talking about the one that like we like we bought for dad one time? Uh, we bought a camera for dad? A Polaroid, man. I don't remember this. What? <laughs> no, when was this? And he hardly used it. Come on, man. It, it folded into itself and but it was a more modern looking Polaroid than the big one. Oh wow. I do not remember this. This was in the nineties? Yeah. Wow. I, I don't remember this. I wish I, I wonder if he still has it. <laughs> I'd love to use it. <laughs> it might be with mom's, who knows? Oh snap! I ask her when we, maybe ask her if she has it because I would I, w- I would love to use it. It was a cool looking camera. Yeah. Oh okay. So Clay, yes. When will you get a Hasselblad? Like I'm actually Hasselblad. I'm actually I actually uh, I had a uh, so I'm in a Facebook group with a bunch of film photographers and they sell their gear and I basically lost out on a Mamiya RB67 full kit with you know, a, f- a bunch of backs, a bunch of Polaroid backs, and a bunch of lenses for $200. Wow. I mean, yeah, this guy, I was reaching out to him for like days, and finally he got back to me, and he said, oh, uh, you know, we're talking. He said, okay, send me the money or whatever. And then he said, oh, someone else is talking to me real quick, or oh, the person who spoke to me before you, and he sold it to that guy instead. So I almost mm-hmm. had a whole kit and caboodle for 200 bucks. <laughs> yeah. So, Something but, else will come around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't, I don't, you know, that price was amazing. I mean, Facebook, the price, I mean, in uh, eBay, the prices are going up again because, uh, you know, people are getting interested in photo- film photography again. And so, you know, that is the nature of the beast, eh? When you're uh, go- doing doing things that are sort of trendy. 
Right, right. Yeah. So that's that's the only resolution I really made. I mean, I'm planning to do Swift this year. You know that it is now that it's open source. I am going to jump into learning it. Uh, Swift, you know, the language that Apple has uh, chosen as their language for for their um, uh, applications. They haven't. So, they, they don't use it really themselves yet, but it's uh, it's going to get better, I think. So can we expect an uh, application made by CW Daily? Well, my goal to, is to make a camera app. So yeah, that's my my goal is actually to make a camera app by the end of this year. Um, what? Yeah. Well, why is it uh, a camera app, Dick? I said what? Oh, I said why? Okay, yeah. So that's uh, you know they say um, they say that if you want to learn a language, it's better t- if you know a, 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 if you have a problem that you'd like to solve or have a project that you'd like to uh, tackle. So that's my project as a camera. Well, what is the problem that you're trying to tackle with that? Yeah. No, it's not. It's not a problem. It's just that I would like to be able to use my own camera rather than someone else's camera, like you know, a Visco Cam, which is an awesome camera, uh, the Apple, you know, default camera. I would like to just see if I could make something myself and and put my own twist on a so camera. Your goal is more for yourself, or you want to make the money from the thing? No, for myself. Really? Yeah. I do want a beta or an alpha. Yeah, definitely. Alpha, please. Yes. It's you have to you... get an iPhone, though. <laughs> uh, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll make that happen. We'll make that happen. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, yeah, that's my, that's, that's my you know, quotation mark, guys, resolutions. <laughs> <laughs> well, right. uh, you've already started with one, so uh, you're way ahead of me. <laughs> Yeah. Yep. I like I like the the first three days so far. Oh, thank you. Looking at them right now. Okay, thank you. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, it. um, Yeah. 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 I don't know if you guys noticed, but I am. I also am off of social media for that period. Oh, you are. I I think I kept my Twitter, so I I can do something. But my Facebooks are deactivated. Wow. Both of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. Okay. Why? It's just a distraction, really. I mean, you know, uh, just stuff that can get you distracted while you're trying to do your things. Oh, okay. All right, cool. Well, I don't get distracted by Facebook, so I could de- deactivate it at any time. <laughs> yeah. It's it's not a com- it's not a compelling place place for me to hang out. It it just it it gives me the heebie jeebies. Mm. Yeah, I'll do the Twitter just to keep uh, so we can plug this. You know, I can retweet or, or tweet with you guys, but that's the only place I'm gonna be. Oh, okay. Cool. Good to know. <laughs> yeah. All right. So let's 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 get into a podcast that basically, I mean, last year Serial Season One was a podcast that got us all interested, right? We we were all. I mean, I I think Dick, you were not as as a fan, a bigger fan as as we were, uh, right, Dick? You talking about two Cer- the serial. whole thing? Yeah, the whole serial season well, one. Well, yeah, not I, not that I wasn't a fan. Uh, yeah, maybe you guys were more a fan than I was. Cause I think okay. you all introduced me to it, right? right? Now I also, I also heard about it on NPR after you know this American Life or something. So right, right. But um, I thought it was interesting. Okay. 
it's more about the time commitment. Yeah. <laughs> so long. <laughs> All right. Well, so let's basically go into season two of Serial. Um, you want to give us a, a recap, Tosh? Of, of what uh, yeah, so the, this season uh, is about uh, Bo Bergdahl, an American soldier uh, who was uh, imprisoned by the Taliban for five years and uh, has been released uh, pretty recently. And he's now, I don't, I don't know, is he already on trial for... Well, I think um, now they decided to. Yeah, I think I think he is on trial for uh, for um, desertion. Desertion, right? yeah, yeah. I think they're trying to. They're basically going for the whole, uh, for for uh, what do you call it? Like That's the most severe punishment. The most severe punishment, right? Yeah. I see. Uh, and uh, basically, the the podcast uh, this season is about. Well, it's trying to <clears throat> delve into the mo- the motives, I guess for how and why uh, he got uh, caught by the Taliban. Did he actually, um, was he actually captured or did he uh, go there uh, of his own free will? Uh, Did he um, conspire with the Taliban, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Yeah, and so far we've seen three, uh, three episodes. Right. And yeah, basically, well, what are your thoughts, Clay? So far, so far, Do you like the direction it's going in. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm actually liking the direction it's going. Um, I, I like, um, you know, I like that they're, they're sort of, uh, bringing in uh, different people's point of views as well. You know, like the people that he, that ha- actually have interviewed. Like you know, in the last episode, they talked about people who have actually interviewed him, their point of view versus people who haven't interviewed him but who are having given their opinion upon what is happening, anyways. Mm-hmm. I, right. I do wonder, like, if someone like McCain, right? Uh, if, if McCain were to talk to Bergdahl, uh, would he change his mind about wanting to, uh, you know, wanting to basically have him court-martialed? Because because McCain is is you know one of our most popular uh, prisoner of prisoner of wars, right? And and he's right. he's uh, was that? Is that right? Right, and and he's he's basically saying throw the book at this guy. Yeah, but but everybody but everybody who has had personal contact with him sort of wants to wants to have us give him lesser punishment because they they could they they can understand maybe I guess what what happened. So McCain actually wants to throw the book at him, or he just wants to uh, do his own personal investigation if he doesn't get what's his actual yeah so i think i think McCain wants like if 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 we don't go the whole way, he would like to have. Uh, he would like to have further investigation, I believe. Okay, which is, might be a good thing because maybe upon further investigation, he might see that it's not necessary either if he gets to talk to the guy. You know, mm. who who knows? Right. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's it's so far it's it's compelling. I I think I'm 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 definitely I'm definitely waiting for the next episode. I'm like, could you guys just drop it like you know like Netflix just drop the whole thing? <laughs> I, I don't know. If, I don't know if I'd, if I'd like that. No, you don't think so? I would love that. I mean, like when like when you're watching shows on Netflix, don't you love it when you could just say, okay, well, I'm gonna listen to you know or watch five episodes today because I can. Yeah, but that way it's over so quick. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, then then the wait is is far too long for the next season, right? That well, that is, there is also going to true. be a next season. That is true. I I, I do wonder about long. that. So, sorry, Ty. Go ahead. 
the way was already long. Yes, it was. So, anyone else's thoughts on the past three episodes? Uh, well, you know, I thought it was interesting that they picked this story because I always considered it like a—I know it was a national story, but you know, since he's here in San Antonio, like a local, I thought we heard more about it because he was here. Mm-hmm. So I was really surprised that Serial picked up that story, but I mean, then again, they're always going to pick up a story that's local to somebody. But be, before this, did you all hear hear about him much? I just want to know. I I heard about it before. Um, what about in Holland? Yeah. No, not really. No. Okay. We might we might have like in passing, um, maybe watching CNN or something. But this this is not something that's been in the news here uh, that I know of. Right. And I think it was here a lot because that's where he, he lives and works here now, I believe. He's, he still has a guard, right, with him every time he goes to work? I'm not sure. I mean, he he, he probably does. Mm. Could you imagine, though, uh, being imprisoned for five years under those circumstances and then just going back to work? No, I can't, I can't imagine it. And then on top no. of that, you come back to work and then you're you're sort of seen as a criminal. That yeah. that just is really just mind-boggling to me. No, but see, yeah. I think even he knows that that that's expected. I mean, he knew that when he was leaving his post, they were going to get mad at him. So whether you're gone for five years or ten years, it's going to be mad that you did that. You know, because it's against it's so against the rules that they have. I, I don't my... think he should be shocked about the way he's treated. I don't think he should try to punish him further though. I'm uh, look. I'm not shocked by it. I'm I'm just surprised that we are still a society that has some pretty barbaric ways of handling situations. Mm. You know, like I so season one, I felt one way about the guy. I really, I'm like, wow, this guy. I, I kind of thought to myself, this guy's an idiot. Like, you think that you're you're gonna go and become like you know the Punisher? You know, you're gonna you're gonna try to single handedly do something that. We're all there trying to change. You know, you're going to make up a story. Yeah, episode one, yeah. Okay, that's it. What happened? No, you said season one. Oh, sorry, yeah, I was was thinking about Adnan. Oh, no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Episode (laughs) one, I'm sorry. Did I say season one? I meant to say episode one. Yeah, episode one. But he he himself said that he was pretty delusional when he undertook that, right? Right, right, right. But the thing is, I didn't sympathize with him in, in episode one at all. I, I heard the story. I, I remember the story from before. I heard the story. And I'm like, you're an idiot. Like, yeah, I you he admits that he was an idiot, right? And but I didn't I didn't actually feel bad for him. It wasn't until the last episode, right, where I started actually thinking about us as humans. Like what like so we have a different belief system than they do. And yet um he has to go through all of this suffering because he is an American or uh, whatever you know, Christian or whatever, most Americans are seen uh, as in the eye of the of you know the locals. There, you know, he has blue eyes, which means he's like a devil. He's it, drunk. Uh, say it again. He's drunk. Yeah, that's what I said, right? The, the Taliban. Right. He was drunk. They assumed that. Yeah, they were all drunk. They're all drunk, right? Yeah. Right. And it's just mind-boggling to me that that this is uh, we we're in the year 2016 now, and we are like that is still like religion and cultural beliefs still put huge barriers between us. It's it's just like I'm sitting listening to the show, and I'm just like, 
you gotta be kidding me. Like, this is still what we're dealing with now. Mm. You know? It's just my, I don't know. Yeah, it, it, it's kind of weird. But the thing is, you know, every person has his own trajectory, right? And every country has his own trajectory. You know, and I, I don't know how, you know, we could get closer together and get on one page, which will probably never, never happen. happen. Yeah. It's never and happen. there are two ways it's going to happen. How is that going to happen? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, supernova. Okay. So we <laughs> yeah, all then, then we're definitely on the same page. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> aliens, right? But... Aliens. No, uh, yeah, aliens. How will it happen with aliens? Are, are you thinking of like a Mars attack scenario or? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> kind of like an Independence Day type of scenario. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's very, very outside of the box, but, <laughs> okay. you know. <laughs> but we need, we need thinking like that to resolve these sorts of issues. Yeah. Mm hmm. I mean, who knows? By the time aliens reach us, our planet will have been so past decay that they, they're going to get here and say, oh, what creatures lived here? They're going to see our right. bones. It's not necessarily so. If they have FTL drives, well... Right? If they have FTL drives, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> hey, come okay, on, just we're a already second. thinking outside of the box, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Which one is uh, Clay, Clay, yeah. Go back to what you were saying about um, <laughs> basically his plan to to overturn like the the regime, right, within the military. Do you, do you think his explanation is plausible at all? That he that, that was actually his intention for for running off and I I see exposing himself. Like sometimes I think yes, and sometimes I think no. You can't be that delusional. No, you can be because uh, did you hear the, the way they describe that place? They are. Oh right, right. It's sort of a back backwards, so, right? I mean, no. I'm just saying, <clears throat> you're in that place that everybody hates being there. Not everybody can handle that the same way. The same way. Uh, I mean, some people go to extreme and end up like killing themselves because they can't handle it, and some people might snap mentally. And maybe he had a little mental breakdown where he thought he could do something that he, he can't, you know, that didn't make any sense. Yeah. It, it reminds me of one of my favorite movies, uh, Jarhead mm. by Sam Mendes. Mm. I actually uh, haven't seen it. I heard it was good though. Oh, you definitely should. It, it is about that sort of tedium of being stationed somewhere where, you know, not really not much happens, but you're, you're in just, you know, hell, <laughs> hell but yeah in the desert with nothing to do um it's all just protocol that you're following mm. um yeah and you never get to see the action that was promised to you when you joined uh, the military yeah yeah i think that's unfortunate that basically guys join the army thinking that they're gonna go see action that shouldn't be that's not that shouldn't be the norm no definitely not no. But, Clay, know. I think where they're coming from, because mm -hmm. uh, I think this is the way I I would feel. So let's say you get deployed. I think I'm going to be prepared for action, right? Mm -hmm. and, and every day that you're waiting for it and you don't get it, you might be like, just 
just tired of being on edge all the time and you just like let it come already you know yeah with like that if, i agree with dick i totally agree the fight with at the fight with the kid at three o'clock after school you know you're like oh, man one o'clock is three you know but you know that's coming at a certain time but if you don't know when it's coming it's like you're always waiting yes i i i, I agree with you on that one yes yes so basically you you basically you're creating you're creating a culture of of people who are ready to snap at any time. Yeah. yeah if yeah. not at the enemy at each other, right? Exactly. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean uh, listening to those testimonies by soldiers who weren't even in in Bergdahl's unit. They're pretty harsh. Yeah, they are. I know, man. Wanted to kill him? Yeah, that's pretty bad. Yeah. There's no point in risking your life if all you're going to do with that man is kill him. Exactly. That makes no sense. Right. I was right. thinking the same thing, Dick. I mean, I'm like, wow, so you're going to go down, go risk everything, find him, and then kill him? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, I thought that really revealed a lot about those guys. But I know that's not everybody. But the fact that you can get that brainwashed into believing that that's an okay consequence, and you're lost. <laughs> yeah. I think. And, you know, I, I know I'm, I'll probably get judged by somebody that might be in the military, but, like, I don't understand. Yes, I don't understand. But just to look at the situation, that makes no sense. Like, people have died trying to find him. Um, maybe you are the person that went to go look for him. Why would you want to kill him after all that? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you lose sight of, of the the mission, basically. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, like like this whole mentality of uh, uh, groupthink, right? It's it, it that is what sort of keeps uh, 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 the ability of an army to keep replenishing itself, right? Same thing with the police force, right? The police force has to sort of group. You have to be able to have, I guess, uh, sort of form an organism, a massive organism involving massive amount of people. Right, and that's the problem that we have the police with the police right now is that the, there's a group thing that they think that they are above everything and everybody else's right, uh, sort of safety, I guess, or yeah. rights, and that's the problem that we have, you know. And so that that's a group thing that they all can they all can similarly come to the same conclusion that they want to do harm to this guy because yeah. you know I mean the guy's kept he, he's already had enough punishment hasn't he. <laughs> But see, they were talking about when they first started looking for him, they wanted to, like, kill him. Yeah. But they didn't know he was going to be captured five years. I'm, I would feel a lot more lenient for the guy five years. Because think about it with yourself. Like, sure. you had a lapse of judgment. You did something you can't undo. Like, think about that. And, and how would you like to be treated? Mm -hmm. I mean, so there was yeah. one point where he says he left. Then he realized what he, that he made a mistake. And yeah. then he couldn't go back because, well, it's probably gonna. He would have again, you know, punishment for that. That's the problem. Yeah. He should have. He should have just gone. He should have felt that he could have just gone back, and it would not have been um, as harsh, right? I mean, there should have been some sort of understanding. People will yeah. snap every now and then, you know. It's high side though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But what I'm saying is that, like, that, that that something in his training told him that going back. Is not an option right away. Mm. Come back with yeah, intel. Yeah, but in, instead he, he he got even more delusional, right? Yeah, like he thought maybe I'll, I'll pick up some yeah. uh, some intel, vital yeah. information, vital yeah. In, yeah, vital intelligence on the way. Right. Right. 
Yeah. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> quite scary. I, I, you know, I almost joined the Navy. And, uh, <laughs> like, listening to this, I'm like, gosh, I'm so happy I didn't. I, I, I can't <laughs> imagine being part of such a an organization that just has this massive group think and just, I don't know. Really? Well, really about joining? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, you know, you know that you meet with them and they basically give you, uh, you know, they, you know, I ran track at the time. Oh yeah, you can run track. You know, you can go. You know, you can go to school on scholarship from us or whatever. Mm. Yeah, well, yeah, they never approached me, Claude. Say it again, Dick. They never reproached you, Dick. I never. I, I've never talked to. I, I know I've seen them on campus, but mm. no one has ever talked to me about uh, joining. Like, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. They. They. Uh, I guess they saw me and they said, "Yeah, this guy looks like he's." Uh, he's I mean, that's a job because over here in Santa, they do a lot. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But yeah, not a not a not a BA at least at least. Oh okay. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Um, All right. Any any other thoughts about episode one, two, or three? I will say this: mm. I'm glad they're doing this like as as this trial is, it hasn't been decided yet. You know, um, because I I think with that with Season one, that was already done for how long? After you spoke to him? Yeah, it was uh, a while, right? Right. Yeah, like 10 plus years, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, this will stay kind of current. It'll stay kind of current with what's going on. I'm guessing. With with the season two, you mean? Yeah. Is yeah. it, is it gonna, or is it already pre-recorded? It's done. I, no, they're going to do it week by week. Yeah, week by okay. week, yeah. I mean, okay. there's probably stuff that's been pre-recorded that, that they're basically dissecting to to add to the week by weeks, right? Uh, to build the episode around, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, they have about twenty five hours of of uh, recorded, recorded material, right? Right. Um, yeah, yeah and the, at the beginning done by of, a filmmaker, the filmmaker, yeah, yeah, the guy that just hurt Locker and Zero Dark Thirty. So it's gonna be an interesting movie to make a movie about him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like especially listening to episode three, I think there's excellent material for a movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Yeah, episode three was a very interesting uh, episode. I could almost, I could almost smell him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was like, I mean, I seriously, like, I, I actually started sympathizing with him, and I was like, oh my gosh, I cannot imagine smelling like my own feces and urine for right. that amount of time you know and i i started sympathizing for the guy i really did so i went from one point of view the middle uh, episode two didn't really sway me one way or another but episode three i started i mean maybe because um we had all the recordings of the of his 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 you know uh uh army men like his uh, uh you know other army men uh-huh. Made me made me sort of sway towards feeling sympathy and sad for him. Yeah. I guess what did it for me was um, how he described it be as being like thrown, yeah. like an inanimate object being thrown in a in a closet just to be forgotten. Yeah, that was disgusting. That that I mean, that felt ugh, icky. Yeah, like a bag. I think he described it like yeah, right. a bag. Yeah, yeah. yeah not not even an animal. You're right. Being a bag. Yeah. Right, and also that sensation of being completely in the dark, you know, waking up not knowing right. what or who you are. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, not even <laughs> knowing if you're a human anymore. Like if you're, yeah, you know, crazy. where you begin and where you end. It's ill. Mm. And trying to imagine that, be, trying to put yourself in his shoes. I uh, mean, yeah. I don't know, man. Like, I'm a claustroph- I'm claustrophobic. I will crack. Yeah, I'm a cla- I'm claustrophobic, and I started feeling <laughs> a little bit claustrophobic listening to it. Yeah, I mean, you won't know how you react until you're in a situation. But yeah, it's not normal for somebody to be able to handle that. But he did say something interesting, which I think alluded to him like uh, thinking that it's not even worth it anymore right now. But he's like, I can't succumb to that after all of that. Mm. So I don't know if he was hinting towards like ending his life. Okay. Did, did y'all not, not pick up on that? No, or I remember I... that. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then like, no. he he said he would end up just being a joke if that's you know this this thing would just be a big joke if he just ended up mm, okay giving giving up now yeah because hmm. what if he like he works in the base what if he was one of those guys that goes crazy and you know they have it at Fort Hood in Texas too uh, one of the military right. guys shot up the base yeah he was the, he was the the psychologist right. Yeah, because right. he felt uh, he felt a certain way about people. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's hope not. Yeah, yeah, I know, right? Yeah, we've we've come a long way in a lot of ways, but boy, we are. I mean, as a species, we are so primitive, man. Gosh, mm. it's just mind-boggling to me. All right, cool. Um. Any uh, any other thoughts, uh, Ty, on the seasons? Uh, gosh, episodes one, two, and three. <laughs> Season two. <laughs> Season uh, two. Yeah, it's a, a very interesting story, and I'm really interested to see how it's really gonna unfold and really give shed more light on like why, because especially on episode three, like uh, who's the narrator again? Uh, Sarah Koenig, 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 She's kind of like, um, she's kind of on his side, right? Do you get that? I'm not, I'm not sure about that. No, she doesn't. Uh-huh. Well, yeah, she is actually. She is actually. Yeah, she yeah. is. She is, but she she tries to be objective by you know just you know, like saying he could be making this up, and she'll she'll right. She'll mm. say, she'll say the things you might be thinking, but okay. I think she's on his side. Yeah. Oh, okay. But to, to her, basically, his explanation of the entire thing is like open and shut. Open yeah. and shut case. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I really want to get to see, like, where does this shift come from being somebody who's been to hell and now being sort of a criminal, right? Mm-hmm. I'm I'm waiting to see what the Nisha call of this season is going to be. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! Right, that one hole in the story yeah. that just yeah. does not recon- uh, you know, reconcilable. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I I am wondering as well. I mean, we may we may change our mind by by the middle, or or by the end. You know, yeah, I guess I we'll do a poll to... again uh, <laughs> towards the end. Yeah. No, what do we change our mind about? What are we? What's the question at hand? That's a good question. What is the question at hand here? If if because... he is guilty of of what just a, a desertion, 
I guess that's the only question you can ask. Yeah. Whether he was just uh, someone who made an unfortunate mistake. Right. Or uh, did he make a conscious move, uh, you know, against his own country? I think she made a good point in episode one, I believe, when she said even of his desertion, right, he didn't, like, do it in the middle of battle. They weren't under attack. They weren't, like, in a situation. It was... uh, I don't know. It was in the middle of calm, right? Which, which is, is isn't that considered like a a big consideration? And is it? I mean, for for, for the army of anybody, by I mean, remember back in the days they used to punish you by death, right? Yeah. I mean, desertion but, but I think, is huge for them. But I think it refers to like in the middle of a fight, you run, mm. and that's a yeah, you. That's what they meant by ki- by killing those people, right? Oh, okay, I thought they basically killed anyone who was a deserter. Oh. so that, that maybe that's why he had to come up with this elaborate story in, in this past five years. And, <laughs> and try to yeah, five a... years is a long time, though, to think of your yeah. your yeah. excuse, basically. Yeah, uh-huh. very true. Yeah. Yes. Oh gosh, and and to to think of when he was hiding in the the shrubs with his broken like what fingers <laughs> i mean yeah jeez uh, man and then he stands up and then he gets tunnel vision and passes out i mean gosh i'm sitting i'm like listening to the episode and i'm just like yeah. okay i mean i'm like i i'm a healthcare professional and okay i sorry i you know if you're in pain i i, I well you don't work with broken bones right <laughs> i see him all the time because <laughs> they come with a pain medication yeah right right yeah. So yeah. Oh, okay. So any any final thoughts, uh uh Tosh? Uh nope, not really. Nope. Okay. So we'll con- we'll continue to uh to follow up on this story. Mm-hmm. Um Dick, you had given your final thoughts already, right? I'm pretty sure. Okay. I get plenty of thoughts. Okay. All right, cool. So yeah, we'll we'll continue to follow up on the story, and uh, we'll see when uh, when serial has a twist, a turn. Yeah, as I'm pretty sure there's going to be one. <laughs> yeah, we'll see how it develops. Yeah. All right, cool. Let's close out this episode with uh, Mr. Tosh taking over. Alrighty, so. Uh, what I would like to discuss with you uh, today is six albums that I've selected that I consider influential. Um, I guess for me, well, first off, as a music listener, uh, but secondly, as a, as a musician, um, they're not necessarily the best albums of the artists that, that are going to pass by, but they are the albums that I, I used to listen to and that really had an impact on me basically. Um, so not in any particular order, but, um, one of the first CDs that I remember, uh, getting as a gift as a kid, I must've been around 10, 11, maybe, um, was, uh, Imperian Isles by Herbie Hancock. Um, he's a jazz pianist and, uh, this is a pretty old one. It's from 64. It's his third studio album, or fourth studio album, I should say. And it, it features, um, I guess, one of the best ensembles 
um, you can find in jazz music. So it's Herbie Hancock, uh, Freddie Hubbard on trumpet, Ron Carter on the bass, and uh, Anthony Williams on the drums. And I would like to uh, sample a little bit for you. Um, this one is the second track on the album, and it's called Oliloquy Valley. Basically, Herbie Hancock is known for a couple of things. Um, he w used to be the pianist for Miles Davis. So with that comes, um, well, the fact that he's sort of a progressive jazz musician. He's done a lot of uh, albums that have been inspired by electronica, uh, hip hop, all sorts of musical styles. Um, and this album basically predates all of that stuff. Mm. Mm. So in that sense, it's, it's really old school. Yeah. Um, but since it's one of the first CDs that I really pl played front to back, like repeatedly, um, this is basically my first taste of a real bebop album. Oh, okay. Like a real hardcore jazz album. I, I can basically memorize most of the solos. Mm. Um, and it's maybe what inspired me to, to get serious about playing piano. Oh, nice. Because back then, yeah, uh, it was just piano for me. Yeah. I think Dick was asking something just now, weren't you, Dick? I thought oh, it was in a sorry, movie, that, that song. What, oh, which movie? I don't know. It sounded like it was in a soundtrack of a movie. Mm. It did sound uh, kind of familiar. At the beginning, yeah. it sounded I'm sure, really I'm familiar. I'm sure it too. is. I'm, very I'm almost positive it is. I, just can't, I won't be able to identify it. All right. Google it. Oh, I'll uh, Google it. And it, it, sure. it almost uh, it, when you first started playing it, I, I heard Charlie Brown for a second there. <laughs> Charlie Brown, yeah, yeah, yeah I, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so yeah, I guess in, in terms of um, instrumental playing, this is really influential for me. Um, the next artist that I want to discuss is uh, Nat King Cole. Mm -hmm. um, you probably know him, uh, like this really suave. Um, jazz singer and pianist uh, from the 40s, 50s. Um, and I guess when I started um, combining uh, playing the piano with singing, this is the, the guy that I look to for inspiration. Um, maybe at some point I actually wanted to be him. <laughs> oh, okay. Wow. It, went, it went that far. Nice. But I, I guess the thing about him is like the sheer coolness of, uh, well, both his appearance, the way that he carried himself, uh, mm -hmm. but also just his musical um, 
his musical sensibility. He, he really had a, a less is more approach to his uh, piano playing, but could be really lush in making arrangements for his songs. Um, I, I guess that less is more playing that comes through in his earlier work uh, with uh, the um, Nat King Cole trio, which had uh, him on piano, Oscar Moore on guitar, and Wesley Prince on the bass. Um, and I would like to play for you guys the song Route 66. the best get your kicks on route 66 it winds from Chicago to LA more than 2,000 miles all the way get your kicks on route 66 St. Louis, Joplin, Missouri, and Oklahoma City looks mighty pretty. You'll see Amarillo, Gallup, New Mexico, Flagstaff, Arizona, don't forget Winona, Kingman, Bosco, San Bernardino. All right. Um, I should say this uh, is the only compilation album that I included in, in the the rundown. Mm-hmm. I'm not a big fan of compilations, but with well, why not? Um, because I'm I'm an album guy. I think um, the musicians that I take to, they usually make songs in the context of an album, and I think that's the way they they should be listened to. Okay, because there usually is like a, a connecting theme or a story or um maybe a time in the artist's life that, that, that connects those songs. Okay. But for Nat King Cole, I mean, because his discography is just so huge and I didn't really grow up listening to a particular album of his. Um, I grew up listening to the world of Nat King Cole, which is just, uh, one of many greatest hits, uh, compilations. Um, but it's also what I would recommend if you want to get a taste of, of just the range of his work. I mean, this is how we started out. I would actually also like to play another song. Um, I don't know if you know this, but uh, this week, uh, his daughter, Natalie Cole, is also uh, a singer, uh, a very good one, actually. I would say an underappreciated artist, uh, passed away at 65. Mm -hmm. And uh, she and him, they actually recorded, well, I think it was recorded posthumously, but they recorded a uh, duet of uh, a f- very popular uh, song of, of Nat's, uh, and it's called Unforgettable. Unforgettable That's what you are 
But yeah, just because of the occasion, I wanted to shout out uh, Nelly Cole as well. Um, but this song in particular, um, I mean, you can call it sappy and a bit sentimental, but I think it also demonstrates uh, the other side of him, which was really, you know, romantic and uh, I, w- I would say classy, actually. Mm-hmm. Did y'all see uh, Dave Chappelle's impression of him? No. Like no. Was it on the Chappelle show? Yeah. You gotta okay. check it out, man. You gotta check, check it out. Google it. It's pretty funny. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. I, I guess uh, Dave Chappelle takes us naturally to the world of hip hop. Mm-hmm. And uh, in my high school days, I was just the biggest hip hop head. Um, one of the first albums that I bought myself was Dr. Dre's 2001. Um, that didn't make the, the rundown, but um, there's another group that really defined the way that I approach hip hop nowadays and actually com- approach music in general uh, in terms of production. And that is a tribe called Quest. Um, it's an East Coast group uh, with main members, uh, uh, Ali Sheed Mohammed, who was responsible for most of the production, uh, Q-Tip, and uh, Five Dog, the two MCs that are uh, most defined within the group. Um, and the album that I chose for the rundown is uh, Midnight Marauders, um, which is not necessarily their best work, but um, there is there are a few songs in particular um, that really opened up my eyes in terms of what you could do with sampling and um, I guess setting, uh, laying down a mood when it, when you're making a hip hop production or a production in general. And uh, the song that most exemplifies that is Electric Relaxation. Uh, uh, uh. Check it out, you got me mesmerized. 
with your black hair and your fat ass thighs. Street poetry is my everyday, but yo, I gotta stop when you drop my weight. If I was working at the club, you would not pay. Hey, yo, my man Fife Diggy, he got something to say. I like him brown, yellow, Puerto Rican, or Haitian. Mm. Name is Fife Dog from the Zulu Nation. Told you in the jam that we could get down. Now let's knock the boots like the group H-Town. You got BBD all on your bedroom wall. But I'm above the rim and this is how I bore. A gritty little something on the New York street. This is how I represent over this here beat. Talking about you. Yo, I took you out. But sex was on my mind for the whole damn route. My mind was in a frenzy in a horny state. But I couldn't drop dimes because you couldn't relate. Nice right. all so over again. More, more like a radio <laughs> DJ here. <laughs> <laughs> I actually listened to that before we recorded. Oh, okay. You did? No, that's the sound I was playing before I had to start the music. Oh. So you got in the mood already. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And when, when it comes to a Tribe Called Quest as a group, um, they don't necessarily have like the, the deepest messages to their songs or um, like the, the, the level of consciousness that you get with uh, contemporaries like Common or uh, Talib Kweli or Most Def or whatever. Um, but for them, them hmm? they probably inspired those guys though. Yeah, they, they definitely did. Um, and definitely in terms of you know, creating a coherent sound. I mean, the, the, the term boom bap hip hop that, that I think that applies most, mo well, foremost to them. Um, there's a very good uh, Radio Lab episode about this uh, specifically. You know, mm -hmm. this really pure form of hip hop. Uh, it's called Straight Out of Chevy Chase. What years is from? Oh, it's it's a, it's an old one. Um, I'm not really sure though. Uh, maybe I have it saved in my favorites. Let me check it out. You said Radio Lab straight out of Chevy Chase? Yeah. Straight out of Chevy Chase. <laughs> see. It's from, oh, it's from 2014, actually. Oh, okay. 2nd of April. Yeah. Okay. It's a really good one. Um, okay. So, from that, I, we come to another artist that is both inspired by jazz as... Uh, uh, a Tribe Called Quest is as well, and also inspired by hip hop. And it's the one and only D'Angelo. We, we talked a little about him before. Um, and oh, what I consider his most, I guess, cohesive and genre-defining albums is Voodoo. I, I was kind of torn between Brown Sugar and Voodoo because Brown Sugar, that, that's the one that I probably listen to m the most when I was younger, mm -hmm. but when I later discovered voodoo, um, that, that just became it. That became like the gold standard of what a record should be like, both mm -hmm. in terms of production as well as songwriting, um, just the level of, of playing, uh, and everything. So to me, it's, it's one of those like perfect records. Um, and there are two tracks that I want to share with you. They're both, pretty different. Um, the first one is called Spanish Joint.
I chose uh, this song as an example, um, well, for one, it is um, one of the more dense, I would say, compositions on the album. Mm -hmm. But I guess partly uh, because of how well the 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 band that D'Angelo recorded with, how well they are, the, the musicians are attuned to one another, as well as the producer behind, you know, the mixing table. Um, it all comes together in a way that that's that flows really naturally. Um, Voodoo, uh, well, was released in, in 2000. And as we all know, after that, uh, <laughs> D'Angelo went on quite uh, a hiatus, mm -hmm. uh, which he has now broken, unfortunately. But um, yeah, this is definitely the album that, that made him, for better or for worse. Um, another, I would say, defining feature of, of Voodoo is basically the groove. And I mostly attribute that to the drummer, uh, Questlove, who's mm -hmm. featured throughout the album. Um, I don't know. He, he has a way of, of holding down a groove that is like minimalist as anything, but still he can, uh, he basically can get the maximum groove out of the, the minimal, mm -hmm. uh, uh, material basically, oh. and a song that exemplifies that to me is Chicken Grease. I should shout out here as well is Pino Palladino. Um, he's the bassist um, that you hear on this record. And I guess it's, it's the combination of him and Questlove that, that provide the foundation for most of D'Angelo's work. Mm. Uh, you know, just the way that they managed to weave the beat with the bass lines. Um, yeah, for me, it's, it's really... Uh, just awe-inspiring. All right, and now for something completely different. I, I have no idea where to place this, but <laughs> um, <laughs> I think I caught on to uh, the Red Hot Chili Peppers uh, because of a friend of mine who was really into them and basically, uh, you know, infected me with it. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a lot of groove and and funkiness with them as well and i guess what what's defining about them is the fact that they've managed to blend rock funk and hip-hop together in a never before seen way um i was also th torn between their 
big debut album, uh, Blood Sugar Sex Magic, which I would consider uh, like a defining uh, album for the 90s. Um, but I guess the, the album that has more significance to me is Californication. And, well, if um, Blood Sugar Sex Magic leans more towards funk, Californication definitely leans more towards rock. And I guess I, I've, I've chosen the opener of this album to, to demonstrate that. It's called Around the World. So where the, the previous uh, albums that I mentioned are, they center mostly around the keys. And I guess it's it's from the Red Hot Chili Peppers that I got most of my uh, inspiration when it comes to playing the guitar. Um, well, the, the group consists of four members, uh, the bassist Flea, the drummer Chad Smith, the guitarist uh, John Frusciante, and the drummer, uh, or, and the vocalist uh, Anthony Kiedis. Um, and what's what's special about this album? It marks the return of uh, John Frusciante to the group after, um, well, basically just uh, leaving it all behind. Uh, he's one of those artists who's really there for just the music and couldn't really handle the fame aspect of it, mm -hmm. and also battled with uh, a drug addiction. Okay. And he he was basically near dead before uh, he. he recovered and uh, basically got his act together before he rejoined the group and c recorded this album with them. Okay. And what what you can definitely hear in this album is that um, because of his condition, um, his guitar playing uh, really changed. Um, he, for some parts, he, he really had to relearn how to play the guitar. You know, because most of the strength in his hands uh, was gone. Mm. Um, but the result, uh, at the same time, is that his playing got a lot more soulful to me. Like before that, it was really more of a, a groove thing that he did, mm -hmm. uh, like really rhythmical and uh, yeah, just really like your Parliament Funkadelic, just funk stuff. Mm -hmm. But here it, it leaned much more towards like very. Yeah, m moody, moody rock music, I suppose. Mm -hmm. 
And yeah, this this song that I just played you, um, that that is more of the energetic side of the album, but there are also a lot of more, uh, yeah, comp. Uh, um, how do you call that? Comps, comp stuff. No, uh, com. How do you call it? Complin. Thoughtful songs. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yes. Struggling for words here. <laughs> I was um, gonna say it in Dutch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, I guess uh, well, John Frusciante, uh he also combines a lot of different influences in his playing. Um, I mean, one obvious one is Jimi Hendrix, um, but also what he himself has said that he listens to a lot of Wu Tang Clan for inspiration. Oh, he does. Yeah. Okay. And uh, I mean, it's not obvious right away, but when you hear like the the especially in the repetitive parts that he plays there you can really hear like that influence of uh you know rizza's production on in, in wu-tang mm -hmm. um yeah so definitely red chili peppers is, is a band that uh yeah in terms of raw energy um like uh creativity and just the risks that they that they take um you know, the no-holds-barred approach to music that they have that really inspires me. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, Flea, uh, he used to say that he would play the bass so hard that his fingers would just be be mush at the end of the gig. Oh, wow. But then for the next gig, he would just pour super glue into the wounds and just... Oh, gosh. Oh, wow. Golly, <laughs> are you kidding me? Yeah. Ugh. That's disgusting. Smart, Smart guy. Yeah. So it's, it's, a, it's a little bit of a miracle that all of them are still around. But You know, I'm trying to figure out, find a show on Amazon Prime. It was a pilot. And it's a kid who, uh, I guess the, the, basis, the basis of the show is going to be a kid that has imaginary celebrity friends. <laughs> and on the first episode, it's Flea and Shaquille O'Neal. Oh, awesome. Wow. <laughs> And I can't figure out. I can't. I'm googling on it now. I can't find the name. But if you, if anybody, any, if you guys have Amazon Instant Video Prime, okay. they have a section where they have pilots. It's one of the pilots, and they're trying oh, to figure okay. out if they should make it a show or not. Yeah. So people get the vote on it. Okay, I'll check it out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't have much say in the matter. I, I I'm afraid, but uh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Cool. Um, so the last guy, Drake. Oh, Drake. You know, did you know how they say Drake created his own genre by being a rapper and singer? But they were already doing that. They were rapping and singing. Oh uh, yeah, it's, it's over rock though. But yeah, yeah. But yeah, the combination of rap and singing. I mean, if you can even call it singing, with what Anthony does. Uh, but yeah, no, Drake is definitely not a. Uh, the first one to do it no yeah um well i i for me i've saved the most significant one for last uh, you probably see it coming it's john mayer mm -hmm. yep um and with him it's it's really the full package um i chose the album continuum also here i was torn between uh, a few of his albums but this one to me um most effectively combines his songwriting capabilities um, and his guitar playing. Oh, my bad. <laughs> no worries. 
I have my own recording, so uh, it won't interfere. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so um, I think that w- this was written in a time of his life where he really was contemplating, um, well, basically uh, the, the passage of his life, right? Uh, where am I? What have I done so far? Where's my life headed? Um, yeah, what about the, the people around me? Um, how long are, are they going to be around? Um, I guess that's sort of where the title comes from and a lot of the subject matter for the songs. Um, also, this uh, record was released uh, right after his stint with the John Mayer Trio, uh, which has, uh, of course, him, Pino Palladino, who I mentioned, who uh, uh, played with D'Angelo, and Steve Jordan. And I think it was with the trio that he really came into his own when it comes to guitar playing. Um, you know, in really exploring uh, the blues to its absolute limits, uh, but also integrating it into uh, more pop-based songs. Um, and that's what you see uh, sonically uh, in this uh, album. So first I want to give you an example of, of the, the type of songwriting that I was talking about, uh, um, and that song is uh, Stop This Train. sure to play that second verse as well because there I think uh, the song is most poignant mm-hmm. you know the, the the idea or the fear of losing uh, your parents and, and being left on your own right, right? so it, it's those sorts of sentiments that he, that he plays with on the album uh, which really connect with me uh, and yeah I know a lot of other John Mayer fans and they seem to c- connect with those types of songs uh, the most as well um 
Well, the other aspect that I mentioned is the guitar playing. And Continuum has some of my favorite guitar work on any album. So uh, I found found myself struggling uh, for an example, but I guess my favorite guitar solo uh, on the album comes from the song Belief. This is an example of a song that combines a pop structure mm-hmm. with really hardcore blues playing. And that's what I guess inspires me about John Mayer's work is the way that he incorporates that very, I guess, archaic uh, and simplistic uh, blues um, tradition and incorporates it into uh into modern, into a more modern styles of music, basically. Mm. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So th- these are six albums in no particular order. Um, uh, yeah, that not only have uh, inspired me as a listener, but also uh, as a uh, musician, producer, etc. Um, and I think yeah, you should definitely check out. Uh, just for the sheer uh, quality and uh, musicality that's uh, that's on display. Mm. If you had to choose one, Desert Island album, which one of these? Yeah, it would probably be Continuum. That's one I can listen to over and over. Okay. Cool. Great selection, man. Yeah. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you for your, for for listening. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. So you got a Desert Island album? A uh, Desert Island album? No. <laughs> Not that I can think of. You, Dick? Mm. Um, maybe OK Computer, but I'm not, okay. I'm not sure. OK Computer. Hmm. OK. And you, you Ty? Um, there's only one album that's coming to mind. I don't know why. But FKA Twigs with um, LP1. Mm, okay. Okay. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. It is a very good one. Yeah. Okay. She actually brought out LP2 or an EP. I don't know. I don't remember, but I'm going to listen to that one for sure. Okay. All right, cool. And and, and while you were gone, Tosh, uh, Ty said he has a surprise at the end for us. So, <laughs> what is the surprise? Happy ending. <laughs> Happy ending. Okay, did, did any of you guys already watch Star Wars? No. Yes. Mm-hmm. Why not? 
Because okay. I haven't had time to go see it. I have. Uh, well, make the time, man. I <laughs> nah, I'm kidding. No, nah, I really, trust me, I am trying to figure out how I can go see this thing. Because I'm, you know how many podcasts I can't listen to? <laughs> yeah, like the Hello yeah. Internet I can't listen to. Yeah, I can't or... listen to anything. Ugh, it's driving me crazy. Yeah, I still have to listen to that one. But um, is anybody of you guys um, excited for the Star Wars release dates? Of the five upcoming movies, um, what they already announced them? Yeah. Oh, okay. Wait, wait. There are five upcoming movies. There are five okay. upcoming. I thought movies. there were only three coming, mm, including no. this one. Is it just six altogether? So what they're gonna do is they're gonna bring the three, right? Mm-hmm. Which we all know. Yeah. And then they're also gonna do some. Basically, side stories. Oh, so uh, side stories of who? So the first one is gonna be Rogue One, a Star Wars story. It's basically gonna be about um, rebel fighters. Mm-hmm. Um, then we're gonna get Episode Eight. Then we're gonna get a Star Wars anthology story about Han Solo. Oh, and then we're getting episode nine. And then we're going to get a Star Wars anthology story about Boba Fett. Oh, okay. I kind of wish. What, they haven't done enough about Boba Fett yet? <laughs> I know, right? And I kind of wish they maybe should have done something with Yoda. Like, Yeah, yeah that would be cool. I, I would like to see more Mace Windu, man. Hmm. Mm, it's interesting. It's interesting one too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So six movies. Okay. Well, that's surprising. And the first one is going to come this year. Twenty sixteen. Twenty sixteen. December. Side story or or actual like part of. Uh, that's going to be a side story, and oh. the next episode is going to be next year in May. Oh. Okay. So what, they're going to have two a year? One side story, one main story? Uh, So they're basically going to switch it up, right? And every year there's going to come a movie. There's a movie coming out. Oh, okay. So, so, okay, I like so that, though. Huh? I like that, though. That yeah. release strategy. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good strategy because, um, you know, that way they keep the pace going and keep the interest going. Mm-hmm. Although I am, I do... I am kind of getting sick of all the Star Wars uh, stuff that's getting thrown at my head. But yeah, it's yeah. annoying. Yeah, it's I'm, everywhere. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie. I'm a Star Wars fan, but it, it is a little bit over the top. Stop it already. Like Google with their stop it, please. <laughs> stop it. All right, cool. You know, Lucas wasn't a big fan. Lucas is not a big fan of this. Of this this last one. Yeah. No. That's great then, because if he's not a fan, that means it's awesome. Because <laughs> if he was a fan of it, it would probably suck. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what do you say? That yeah, that fact is proven is? already. Oh, come on. Look what he did to the movies, the prequels and all that sort of stuff. Come on. Mm. And 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 anything anything that he touches to re re um you know to to re I don't know what do you call it to fix things that he couldn't do back in the days. 
Come on. <laughs> yeah. He bl- he blows it. Yeah, he blows it. Okay. Oh, the remix you mean? Yeah, yeah, or anything you that know, he fixes. The Han shot first uh, stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah, Han shot first. I mean, all that sort of stuff. Mm. Clearly, the guy has no internal editor <laughs> and no external <laughs> editor either. No one to to check him. That's why it's, I'm happy he gave it up. All right, tell me how you really feel. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. So this is the first episode of 2016. Mm-hmm. And uh, our let's sign off. Dick. Uh, Hala, I will be only available via the Twitters. I guess I need to download the app back on my phone. Because <laughs> <laughs> clearly you, you're not on there already. So, so. No, I've, I've been out. Uh, well, ever since I've been... Remember my phone died? Oh, yeah, yeah. Your phone died. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, that was my personal phone where I have all my social media stuff. And yeah. I actually felt a little good about not having that phone. Oh, it was liberating. It was liberating. And okay. then I, because, you know, you just find yourself, I do, I'll admit, I just find myself wasting time sometimes on my phone. My Tumblr's still on there, though. Mm. Tumblr app is still there. Mm, okay. I don't mind that. But, yeah, Dick underscore daily on Twitter. Okay, cool. And uh, Ty? You can find me on uh, Twitter, Instagram, ty09, ty09. Tosh? Uh, As always, on Twitter, at Tosh Palak, and my website is www.toshiropolak.com. How often do you update it? It's been a while? It's been a while. (laughs) Maybe that should be another resolution. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You were creating I think the I, I think I Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm still sitting in my drafts. I'm, I'm not sure whether I'm going to release it. No? Okay. I think it was more of a personal writing project than anything. Okay. That's a good project. All right. Well, I'm CW Daily on the Twitters and anywhere that matters. And our website is cybercast, C-Y-B-R-C-A-S-T.com. And anywhere that matters, you can also find our presence, C-Y-B-R-C-A-S-T. All right, letters. All right, cool. Ciao. All right, I'm off. All right. Return to your regular scheduled programming. Ooh.